Welcome to Rejuvenated Women, Impeccable Health for High-Performing Women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, and welcome back to Rejuvenated Women, Impeccable Health for High-Performing Women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, and today I am joined by who I think is a super awesome person, Kathy Groover. Kathy is an award-winning author, professional speaker, and coach with over 30 years of experience in mind-body medicine and human behavior. She's an entertainer and educator imbuing all of her programs with practicality and passion. She lives on the West Coast, has a West Coast mentality with an East Coast delivery, and is a humorous and engaging down-to-earth speaker who's been on four continents, three cruise ships, and a handful of islands, and has actually delivered two TEDx talks. She's written eight books and won 12 awards from that, hosted a TV series on her first book, and she's also most recently been on the Dr. Phil show. She earned her PhD in natural health and has studied mind-body medicine from the famed Benson Henry Institute for Mind-Body Medicine at Harvard. So Kathy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm super excited to dive into this. So let's start, you know, I, I we know that our, our topic is going to be, you know, going around stress somehow today, but let's just, I'd love to have you introduce yourself a little more, just share like how you got into what you do and then we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. It was not a straight path as most people's aren't. Uh, I started out uh, of all things as a performer. I was an actress. I stepped on stage for the first time when I was about five, swore I would never step off stage, which in a way I haven't because I'm do, you know, doing motivational speaking and talks and things like that. And so I always had this weird parallel of massage and healing and performing. I learned massage very accidentally when I was in college. I was a theater major and this woman showed up and just started working on us actors. And I studied with her for a couple summers, realized I had a knack for it. I was really good at it. Thought it'd be a great thing to do in Hollywood when I was, you know, in between TV shows and stuff like that. The TV shows didn't come, the massage stuck. And when I moved to Santa Barbara, I just kept building on that. And I kept saying yes to things. And anytime anybody would introduce me to a new modality or a new book or a new theory, I'd be like, yes, I would just do that thing. And then I started writing and then I started lecturing and it just, it just sort of all snowballed into this thing I'm doing now, which is the coaching and the hypnosis and the speaking and the writing. And it's just, I've just followed the breadcrumbs. Uh, to, to getting where I am with people encouraging me and expecting more from me. You know, they wanted me to be a health practitioner, not just a massage therapist. And so I kept learning and, and it brought me to right here <laughs> in this moment. And I don't know what's next. I have no clue what's coming. Awesome. I love that. I've talked with, you know, this has come up time and time again, and I, I hear it in the women I coach, you know, it's like our, our career, I think professionally, we've evolved from that. Like you stick with the same thing for 30 years and now it's, you know, everything builds on the next thing. And I, I think for a lot of us, we can get stuck in like feeling like we have to do the thing. Like I've had a transition from being a chiropractor into, you know, more health coaching and mm-hmm. what I do now hosting podcasts, like, like fun stuff that I really enjoy. Right. <laughs> and, and it all, but it's all part of the process and it all evolves. So I, I love yeah. sharing that. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it is about saying yes. And I, I, I talked to so many people in their like early 20s who they're freaking out because they're about to graduate. They don't know what they want to go to grad school. They don't, you know, and it's like, dude, like, you know, I can look from my now lofty heights of age and go, dude, like you'll figure it out and you'll change your mind 30 times and that's okay. There's so much pressure to pick that lane, stay in your lane. And it's like, eh, turn, put the turn signal on and merge into something else if you want to. Yeah, everything will lead you to where, I mean, I have a BA in comparative literature and I've been in healthcare for the last right. years now. So. <laughs> one of those, one of those, I was a theater major, you know, those yeah. very practical majors. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So let's, let's dive into the stress conversation. Cause obviously you've done a lot of studying and, you know, learning about yeah. stress and how to deal with stress and manage stress. And so I thought it would be fun because I talk about this so much on the show to have this conversation with someone else. Sure. Um, because it's, you know, it's really valuable and it's so important that we learn how to deal with our stress because we're constantly just adding to it. I feel like, you know, life goes faster and faster and we just get more and more stuff. And if we don't manage it well, we crash and burn, which is what I talk about often. So where, you know, where, where would you suggest starting in just understanding how stress affects you or how you go about starting to take control of that? Yeah. I mean, the first thing I like to do is actually define stress because we feel it and we've seen it and we know the effects of it, but I don't know that we actually think about what it is. And one of the, the bigger definitions of stress is a perception that demands are gonna exceed our resources. So it's this feeling that this thing that's coming is bigger than what we could handle. Because if we could handle it, or if we thought we could handle it, it wouldn't be stress, it'd just be that thing we do. <laughs> so it's this, this perception that we're not gonna be able to handle this thing that's coming, or it's a threat, real or imagined. And we have that very, you know, specific fight or flight response, biological response. We're walking through the backyard. We go, oh, a snake. And we realize it's the hose. That's the fight or flight response. It's allowed us to stay alive this long. It's an evolutionary thing. Thank God we have it for the bears and the near car accidents and the snake garden hoses, right? The problem now is that we're using this fight or flight response on things that are not a physical threat. It's the boss on Friday saying, I want to see you first thing Monday morning. And there goes our weekend. It's that perception of threat. We cannot show up Monday morning in full fight or flight expecting to have this conversation with the boss. I mean, we can, it's not gonna go well. <laughs> you know. Uh, so I think it's a matter of identifying that stress is this perception. It's not an actual physical threat that deserves this gigantic fight or flight response. And then we have to choose to respond rather than be reactive to our stress. And I think that's one of the keys and that's what these tools like meditation and mindfulness and you know, breath work and all this stuff teaches us is how to pause to choose a response as opposed to having a reaction. So I think that's that's tends to be where I start in my stress conversations is let's define it. So yeah, we just no, did. I think that's, yeah. that's really great. And so many of us, you know, and I talk a lot about this too, both in the chiropractic world, because, you know, we deal with the nervous systems, a wreck from <laughs> whatever you've done, whether it's physical, emotional, or chemical yeah. stress that's come in. And, you know, now I go so far as to even include social stress. And I think this last year has been, it was, it was there before then. And now we have like this stress from isolation. And yeah. so, you know, I'll, I'll talk with women that'll be like, well, I don't think I'm really stressed. And then in our conversation, it's like, <laughs> well, stress, you know, it can look like a lot of different things. And some people are just living, and this was me, you know, just living with such a high level of it. Yeah. That, you know, it's just normal, but right. actually yeah. not. 
Yeah. Well, and, and to that point, and I love that you said that because when I do my talks, I put up a slide of the warning signs of stress. And it's everything from overeating and addiction to teeth grinding, to having your shoulders up around your ears, to not sleeping, to you know crying for no reason, to that feeling of wanting to run away and things aren't fun anymore. And you know, we normalize all those things. You know, yeah. we can look at that list and go, eh, of course, my shoulders are up to my ears. And of course, I haven't pooped in two weeks. And of course, I'm not sleeping. And because our body's looking for homeostasis. So if we felt all of that stuff all the time, you know, just like now, you're probably not paying any attention to how your feet feel in your shoes until I brought it up and you go, oh, yeah. The brain makes all this stuff normal so that we don't go insane. <laughs> so I've had so many people go, I'm not stressed. And it's like, well, that's BS. I'm going to call you on that you are you might not be having the signs of it you might not be paying attention to the signs of it we can't be walking around on this planet with zero stress it is not humanly possible it's how we manage it it's how we look at it it's whether we're noticing it's there or not absolutely and you know bringing that awareness and mindfulness like that's so i in my work and a lot of what i talk about on this show is i talk about selfless syndrome so as women you know we're constantly taking care of everyone and everything else except ourselves and like one of the first steps is to tune back into yourself and, you know, realize like, oh, I, you know, my shoulders are up at my ears or it's not normal that, you know, I, like you said, haven't pooped in two weeks. That's, I love talking about poop. Well, I do too. Yeah. (laughs) Conversation and has, you know, your stress is impacting all of these things. And so we tend to try to like compartmentalize our problems, especially physically, and then not acknowledge like, oh, maybe it's this, you know, high level of stress I've had at this job or being, you know, a mom and X, Y, Z and, you know, all this stuff that we deal with on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a perception. I mean, things that I find stressful, others might not and vice versa. You know, I do flying trapeze for fun. I climb a 20 foot ladder. I hold onto a very heavy bar. I swing out. I do a trick. I get caught. Some people are like, oh my God, that's the coolest thing ever. And others are like, oh, hell no. I'm not even going to climb the ladder, you know, so we all have this different perception, which is hard then when we're having conversations with others, because so often we're either minimizing someone else's stress or they're minimizing ours. They're like, what are you stressed out? Yeah, you know, and we have to understand because it's a perception and we all have a different perception. It's, you know, the five blind men and the elephant, everybody feels something different. So we have to be patient with other people's stress and the same way be patient with our own because sometimes things trigger us and we go, wow, I didn't know that was a problem until we're, you know, screaming in the grocery store about the eggs not being on sale. And, you know, where did that come from? (laughs) Yeah. And that, you know, I, I see this, especially like in relationships to like with my husband or, or, you know, to an extent, my, my kid doesn't get stressed too much, but you know, when the the flip finally switched, like the switch finally flips, that's what I'm trying to say. Often it has nothing to do, like I'd say 99% of the time, it has nothing to do with whatever they're flipping out about. It's, no. it's just been the build. And and that's true for all of us. You know, I, I talk to a lot of women who are maybe frustrated with, they feel like they're irritable or, you know, not, not nice to their family. And just a lot of that, you got to look at, okay, what's this underlying perception of stress that you have going on? Right. And I love that key. And so let's, let's, because I, you know, I've often, especially in the business world, like as an entrepreneur, been trained on perspective and we have to, you know, we have blinders on, there's certain things that we just perceive. And so some of it is about having someone come in and impact that so that your perspective shifts. How, if stress is a perception, how do we go about transforming that? Well, it's not even so much these external events. It's the story we tell 
ourselves about those external events. It's not the person in line at the grocery store who is 12 items in the 10 item lane. Mm. Then they have to all these coupons. Oh, and then they can't find their checkbook. Oh, well, this one doesn't, oh, this is the wrong checkbook. You know, it's not that, it's the story we're telling ourselves about that. Uh, so we can shift our story. We can't change that person. We can't pick them up and move them. They frown on that as much as we'd like to. So it's the story we're telling ourselves. So not knowing how that person's day was and what led up to that, can we have compassion for that? Of maybe she just found out her husband's in the hospital. Maybe her cat just died. Maybe she's picking up, you know, food and medicine for her neighbor who's a shut-in. We can make up whatever story we want. We right. do, you know. I like I said, I just flew for the first time in a year. I was making up stories. The airport is a fascinating little cosmos of what's going on, and it's easy to sit back and go, "Wow, this is great. This is the best experiment ever." People in an airport, and I'm making up those stories. So we can make up whatever story we want. We can change the ending. We can change the the care. You know, that's what mainly is causing the stress is these stories we're making up in our head, these thoughts that we're having, which are not us. We're not our thoughts. We're just the awareness of those thoughts. So change the story, change the story, change your stress. I love that. And it sounds so simple. And yet I know people will be listening to be like, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, <laughs> simple, not easy. Yeah. No, I could come up with the tagline of you, know, change your story, change your stress, which I might make, I might write that down because that's a good title of a talk. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, it takes practice. I mean, it just does. And some people are better than others. From the time I was a little kid, I could drop down into the splits. I can still at my, do all three splits without warming up, without thinking about it. Others, other dancers struggle for years to get those splits. Sometimes we just shoot out of the womb with a hardiness for stress, with a different type of mindset, with a different brain structure so that we deal with these things differently. Not to say you can't grow and evolve and get better at these things. Sometimes it takes people longer than others. It's, you know, the nurture versus nature thing. Yeah. And it is the awareness of it is the first thing, I think. Yeah, I think so too. You actually touched on what could be like a total sideshow conversation, but I'm just going to like briefly mention it and we won't go. Let's... There's actually a lot of research out on how mom stress affects baby in the womb. Oh, well, they, you know, I, I started down this path of studying and ended up not going down it, but you know, there's, there's a lot and like, there's a difference between to toxic stress and just like your chronic stress, which yeah. we're kind of skirting in both areas. So maybe we can differentiate that a little bit, but, um, total side note that's like yeah and it is and it does explain because I, mean, I observe this all the time and i remember a client of mine calling me is when i was still doing i had mainly my massage practice and she called me in this just crazed state and said kathy i'm getting ready to go out of town you know is there any way we can start our massage 15 minutes earlier and i went yeah 15 minutes for me okay so i have a little shorter break in between whatever that's fine if it'll save her the trouble she's clearly rushed to get out of town no worries she comes in for her massage. She's like, oh, thank God. I was just so freaking out. And uh, I mean, she was just just out of her mind with stress. And I said, yeah, no worries. I, you know, what time are you guys leaving? Oh, no, we're not leaving till next Wednesday. And I'm thinking, how, what? And again, that was perception of stress. I travel all the time. She was an older woman for some reason, just for some reason, the story she told herself that day was that if I saw her 15 minutes earlier, her trip in a week, would be somehow less stressful. Okay, that's not my perception of stress. That was hers. So sometimes we just, we get in a state, we don't even know where it came from, but that's just our reality in that moment. You know, it's our perception of the reality, I should say. Yeah. I love this. And 
No, get, getting into reality is a whole nother conversation. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> My mind is turning right now, but you know, so in, in shifting our perception, like we've, we've talked about it you've mentioned a couple of tools, like, you know, meditation and mindfulness. And I'd say yoga is along those lines, getting a massage even like there's lots, yeah. lots of different ways, you know, breathing it, and it doesn't have to be time involved, but it's that willingness, I think, to, to look at life differently. Um, is what we're talking about. Cause so many, so many of us, and, and I've been guilty of this too, you know, we can get in a victim mentality or we, we have this perception that nothing's ever going to change. And then guess what? <laughs> Nothing ever changes. Weird. It's crazy how that happens. And so you know, there's a lot to like what we focus on mm-hmm. is get in the world. Absolutely. And it's so fascinating. Oh, so I would love to do an exercise with everybody. Just as a really quick one. So look around the room, wherever you are, and just notice everything you see that's red. Just memorize everything that you could see that's red. Red, red, red. Oh, I notice. I get to do this all the time. And I always notice new red, which is kind of fun. Okay. Now close your eyes and try to remem- remember everything you saw that was blue. <laughs> okay. I know it's drastically unfair, right? Okay. The blue stuff didn't disappear. It's still there. We can now see it, but we weren't told to look for it. We were just told to look at the red. This is what happens when all we're focused on is the negative. We're going to find every negative thing. So all that stuff we say we don't want. I want prosperity. I want abundance. I want love. I want happiness. I want joy. Except you're focused on those things you don't want. We have to shift our focus. Know that there's positive things there to see in everything. And for the longest time, I, 2020 was probably one of my best years for self-discovery, for sitting in that stillness, for personal growth, for relationships, for frankly, for my business, because I restructured everything. For the longest time, I felt guilty saying that because I knew there were so many people that 2020 was the worst year of their life. And I began to realize it's like, look, there were moments it sucked. There were moments I laid my boyfriend's arms sobbing because I thought my business was done. My speaking gigs were never coming back. What if we die? What if we get this? What if I give it to one of my clients? What but then I realized I don't have to focus on that stuff. I can choose to look at the amazing things that came out of this year. And I stopped feeling bad about it. Instead, I share those successes and say, look, you can find stuff too. You can find that little bit of blue in that pile of red, if that's what you're looking for, if that's what you're looking for. And that comes down to a choice. We have to make that choice every day. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's where, like, a lot of the stories I've heard from people just over the last year, like some people, it's like going to war, right? Like their their family member went into the hospital and never came out, like just terrible stuff. And yeah. there's, there's that difference of, you know, we all hear the stories of like Holocaust survivors who forgave the people who tortured them or yeah. you know, out of Africa with genocide and all that. And like, this just got really heavy, but it's got <laughs> to an extreme point, you know, just mm-hmm. it's how we choose to look at that and, and what, you know, can we find the good in it or are we just going to be drowning and wallowing and how terrible something was? Um, yeah. Not to say that terrible things aren't going to happen. Right. And was it the Dalai Lama that said pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. The pain oh. is going to happen. The suffering comes from our thoughts about it. It comes from those stories we tell about it. Um, and believe me, I've had my fair share of, of suffering and I can now look back at it and go, eh, I probably did most of that. That was probably on me. Yeah. So again, it comes down to choice. And so when people say to me, well, I didn't have a choice, you always can change your thinking. 
100% of the time, you can shift your thinking. We do have the ability to do that. We just forget. We're not taught that. We're not taught all this stuff in school. Oh, if we were, wouldn't it be great if we learned this at like 10 and we're not trying to figure this out now, <laughs> then it would be easy and simple. Uh, it wouldn't be as much of a struggle. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, those of us that are parents maybe have some, <laughs> some power to impart some of these things to our kids um, because they're important. And I'd say these are more life schools or life skills than some of the other stuff they learn. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. So I think my last question that I wanted to get into is, you know, where, because everyone's going to be in a different place with this. Like, I know there are people who are so set in their ways, like changing my story is, is that's going to be tough. <laughs> and others who are like, okay, I got that. Like, this totally makes sense. I'm open and, and to it. So obviously we can't, you know, force someone to, to change and transform and who, those who are going to take something from this are going to take it. And those who aren't ready, like you're not sure. ready. Cool. Yep. Um, but for those who are ready to start, like where, how do you suggest what, what habits can you put in place to start changing your narrative and changing your story? Cause this is something I talk with my clients about a lot. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. I think it starts with that awareness and recognizing that we are not our thoughts. They are things that float by like bubbles and we have the ability to go and we can pop those bubbles as they float by. We don't have to grab onto them. Uh, we don't have to identify with their thoughts. And this is coming straight from Eckhart Tolle, who's one of my favorite people. Uh, not identifying with those thoughts, knowing that those thoughts aren't us. We are the awareness of those thoughts and that's leading us to these other things. Uh, taking that time in stillness. And for me, that truly was one of the biggest gifts of 2020 was, oh, what do you mean I'm not seeing 28 clients a week and I'm not traveling all over the world and I'm not rushing from thing to thing. I get to sit around the house and play Pokemon. What? <laughs> I get to spend time. I did. I, I, I'm ashamed to say. Um, I learned some fun video games. I also got to lay in the hammock and read books. And I got to sit in that stillness and go, what do I want my life to look like? What do I want to build from this field of emptiness? I had the ability to do that. Now to do that, I had to sit in that stillness. And because I'm very much an overachiever, go-getter, anal retentive control freak, triple Capricorn only child, I never gave myself that stillness. That stillness was scary. So until someone put me in timeout, COVID, said, sit there and you think about what you've done, young lady, <laughs> then I had to sit in that stillness. So don't be me, you know, uh, take the time to be with yourself for just a second. And, you know, John Kabat-Zinn calls it a body scan. How is your body feeling? How is your mind feeling? What are your thoughts like today? What's your sexual health feeling like? What's your financial health feeling like? You know, we think of health as simply an absence of disease. And you know, it's, it's all of these things, healthy thoughts. You know, we choose what we put in our brain the same way we choose what we put in our mouths for food. So what choices are you making? What in that stillness are you learning about yourself? Breathe, consciously breathe. If you have time to do nothing else, just taking that deep cleansing breath helps to stop that fight or flight response. And it gives us time to decide what story we want to tell. And also if we want to respond or if we're going to react. And that actually was the most profound learning I've had in the last 24 hours of watching people in the airport get reactive to mm -hmm. things where it's totally out of their control. Dude, the flight took off. It wasn't against you personally. They didn't, you know, like, oh, John's coming. We better hurt. quick, close the doors. You know, and I literally watched a grown man freak out on the person at the counter for about 20 minutes being very reactive and very abusive and very aggressive and very accusatory to her that she did this thing personally to him. And I just, I literally sat there and watched that and went, he's making those choices. He doesn't know he's making those choices, 
but he's making those choices to react in this way. And that's so, so bad for him and for her and for the people around that were watching because we were exposed to that, that verbal abuse, basically an assault. Um, so just know that you can stop for a second. <laughs> it was a very long, that was a very long Capricorn way of me saying, shh, sit there and just be quiet for a second. I'm a Capricorn too, so between the two. Ah, yay, good. <laughs> so you get it, you understand. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that's so key. And I, I really enjoyed a lot of 2020. Like I started this podcast, you know, there's, there's a lot of great things. And so even if you just like, especially if you're, this is just my two cents, still feeling like frustrated by the last year, you know, you're overwhelmed by what's happened or things look really different and you don't do well with change, like just pause long enough to like have some gratitude for for that. And I love that, you know, you shared how your, your focus was able to change. Um, yeah. And you said such a key word right there is gratitude. Wake up every day and say something you're grateful for, because, you know, let's face it, we're sitting here now. I don't know when this will be airing, but we're, you know, we're a little bit into the first quarter of 2021. Um, we can't change anything that just happened. Right. We don't have a time machine. We can't go back and undo it. And so much of our stresses, it's not in the present. Stress is dragging around crap from the past or what ifing that stuff in the future. And if we can sit for a moment in just this time, this moment right here, there's nothing wrong. There's no stress. It's someplace else. So that's one of the other things that presence is so important. And we get to that through, like you said, yoga and meditation and mindfulness and breath work. And you know, that's the way we bring us, ourselves back to the right now. And that is one of the most magical ways to make the stress disappear because it's not here, it's someplace else. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. So I think we're we're gonna. That's like power right there. So we'll wrap <laughs> up from here. But if people want to find um, connect with you and you know just tune into because I know you have lots of stuff that you've done, obviously books and TED talks and all that. So where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So kathygruber.com. You can learn more about my speaking, get all my books there. Um, my latest book on communication just came out, which I'm so excited about. It's so much fun. Uh, so kathygruber.com. And then my coaching site is kathygruber.coach. And I'm all over social media. So connect with me. I love hearing from people. I love answering questions and making those connections. So however I can help, I'm here for you. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. I enjoyed this conversation and I'm sure it will be too. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Rejuvenated Women, impeccable health for high-performing women, where we provide you with the tools, information, and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review. Each month, I'll select one lucky reviewer to receive a special impeccable health sample kit from me. Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me in my private Facebook group for high-performing women who are ready to transform their health and lives called the Tribe of Rejuvenated Women. There, you'll have access to free trainings, a community of like-minded women from around the world, and even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become vibrant, energetic, and on fire. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about.